0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow
1: Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Lives Day 5 Falcons Training Camp Recap. I am your host, Kevin Knight, joined by my compatriot, my partner in crime at Falcons Training Camp this week, Adnan at Say Which Way. Adnan, it was it was a a hot and spicy one out there today both in terms of the on-field activity and the weather, which, of course, was back to blasting us uh, with just pure heat straight to the face with no clouds in sight. But other than surviving the heat, Adnan, how are
0: you doing? Um, Yeah, it feels like, you know, the Georgia weather just gave us that little bit of hope, you know, on Saturday. It was beautiful on Saturday, you know, the clouds were out. It was a nice little breeze, mid-80s. Couldn't ask for better in July. And then it just, like, gets back to just, like, pure just blazing hot and i know matthew bergeron in the post game press conference or post presser um conference where he was like talking with some of the media talked about how it's been an adjustment period for him coming from canada and playing up there in, in syracuse you know shout out to the orange yeah yeah um shout out to <laughs> the to, orangeman yeah you know, real Yankee Matthew Berger out out here really having to adjust to that Georgia heat, and I I can only imagine what it's like because I'm I've lived here my whole life, and it's it's still like punches me in the face. Yeah. Times I can only imagine what it's like for for you Northerners out there who are, who come from New York.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's more than normal like for here like because I've been at camp the last like three yeah, years it, and it's it's, it's, it's never been this normal. hot. It's yeah. absolutely
0: normal, but it still sucks. Like it, I mean, it doesn't matter yeah. how normal like it doesn't matter how used to it you get, you're still like, damn it, man. Like you know, you wake up, you get out there, and it's like, oh, there's not a cloud in sight. I have this like disgusting tan line on my neck. You can't see it, but it's like,
1: yeah, it's from that first day where you didn't have the hat, probably. So it just it gets you, but you know. You're going to learn from it, you know, and you're going to have some some veteran savvy in future years. Uh, and guys, you know, right off the top, we'll say that uh, we've got a cool show in the works for you tomorrow. We're planning to record a live show from Flowery Branch. It, it may be in the broom closet, but it will be from Flowery Branch. And uh, we should have Daniel Flick from Sports Illustrated joining us as well. We said uh, we hazed Daniel relentlessly today on his first day. Um, so you know, look forward to to more from Daniel and and us and the crew uh, tomorrow after practice. Yeah. We'll see. What well, we can do we're
0: actually going to make Daniel run uh, run an Oklahoma drill against Grady Jarrett tomorrow. So yes,
1: that-, that that's his his rite of passage. As as you know, we definitely had to do that right on, and at least that's what we're going to tell him. So.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the coach did say maybe they're going to get some media one on ones going. So. You know, no offense to most of the other media, but uh, you know, I like my chance. Did
0: they mean? So did Arthur? And Arthur Smith seemed dead serious because you know Arthur Smith. You sometimes you just can't tell if he's joking or not. But did he mean like one on ones against like the players or one on ones against other media? I thought he
1: meant the media was going to go at it like against each other. Big distinction because you
0: know if I'm having to go up against you know AJ Terrell or like Brady Jared, that's different than like. Oh no!
1: Yeah, I would have. Like I have no. No, I have no illusions of being able to handle anybody That's on the Falcons so roster that. in any way whatsoever. Yeah,
0: now, you. you know, now, if, 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 I'm lining, if I'm lining up against d or, you know, Zach Klein or, you know, one of those guys in the media room, like, you know, bring it on. We are among the youngest guys in there. You know, we, we have, are, you know, we have the healthy legs. We have, you know, we, we have that, we have that energy, that new wave energy out here. <laughs>
1: that youthful that youthful energy that we got going yeah exactly so uh, before we get too far and guys do you want to shout out today's sponsor betonline.ag who is your number one source for all your betting needs you can get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more perhaps you're feeling high on some of these nfl futures like the Bijan over you know i don't even know what the lines are set at Bijan, but I would consider smashing the over, especially on the receiving ones. Uh, I don't know if I would, I think the rushing one's pretty aggressive, but in terms of the receiving stuff, uh, you know, that's one takeaway that we're definitely going to get to. (laughs) So no matter what you want to do, guys, though, BetOnline is your sports Intel headquarters this season as they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today, or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV—that's B B-L-E-A-V, L E A V—to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit online. Where the game starts. All right, Adnan, uh, where do you want to start today? We got we got a lot to to get to.
0: Um, first day in pads. First practice in pads. I. You know, I will say that the run defense impressed me today. The linebacking core as a collective impressed me today. I wrote it in our um, news and notes, training camp news and notes. I wrote it in my daily uh, observations, Twitter thread recap, but first day in pads, we were all expecting, you know, that run game, you know, oh, we see B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, some, a little bit of Cordero Patterson uh, that that offensive line like you know i'm sure some people were expecting the offensive line to sort of really make a mark today but it just wasn't happening and more and more time was passing and the further we got along the less and less we we were seeing any any sort of dominance in the run game i don't think there was anything dominant in the run game i think the best run of the day came from Bijan Robinson and a red zone drill where he he got a little shifty in there got around 10 yards i think timmy horn went back there and got first contact to stop him which was you know very nice play for the big fella but Caden ellis troy anderson nate landman had a really strong day michael walker all of those guys were fantastic today in, in that run defense and i do want to shout out atlanta's run defense today because you know, we're just hearing about the rushing attack. We're hearing about Bijan. It seemed like those linebackers went out there, and they're like, "Hey, it's it's not it's not going to be a breeze against us out here we, uh, now that we're in pads either." But nonetheless, Bijan still, you know, flashed. He every day he has a new highlight. I think he had a, a nice highlight today against. Uh, was it Troy Anderson again?
1: It's, no, it was uh, Caden Ellis. Oh, it Caden Ellis.
0: Yeah. it was against Caden Ellis where he. Uh, he shook him off, got got the catch on one on ones. Well, one on ones are, you know, they are what. Yes, they are. but, yes, but it's, yes. it's 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 fun, it's fun, it's fun to see them. It's fun to watch them. Uh, Zach Harrison had a vicious, vicious one on one against Tyler Vrabel, yeah. where he you know completely bull rushes Vrabel back into the quarterback and. We're, we're actually really lucky that Desmond Ritter didn't get hurt on that. Yeah,
1: he was not prepared for that. It was so immediate that he got yeah. poor Vrabel and, got crushed. Yeah,
0: oh, he got crushed and it like he he fell right back to Ritter's knees. Thank God that yeah. everything ended up being okay there. Yeah. Um, but you know, but that, he was very
1: athletic. You know, he he just he just you know shook it off. So
0: yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, Coach Arthur Smith said that you could really feel Zach Harrison out there. He had a he had a very good day. Uh. He had a very good day overall. Um, Drake London got some get back against Clark Phillips, where we remember Clark Phillips getting that interception on the one-on-one rep. I think it was on in Thursday's camp, in, in Thursday's practice. And today, Drake London absolutely went up there and completely mossed Clark Phillips. It, it happened right in front of us. We were on, the, we were on that far sideline. And it was a it was a hell of a pass from Logan Woodside first of all and I mean it was one of those where Phillips was in good positioning, but London was just too tall. he was too big for him. I think Drake London has i think he he has what seven eight inches on Clark Phillips yeah like and, and he used every one of those inches and went up there very contested great catch uh Phillips ends up on the ground t- yanking away at, at uh at London's jersey, the entire offense goes wild. Drake London is excited, and he just punts the ball away. I mean, it was a very high, very deep punt. You know, if you ever need an emergency punter, or if something happens to Bradley Pinion, you know, maybe, maybe you put uh, Drake London back there. But I think the biggest story overall is, and I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the sexy headline, but I think the most important thing of the day is, we got to see uh, Kyle Pitts for the first time participate in one-on-ones, uh, for the first time participate in 11-on-11s. The most important thing is it seems like he has taken another step in his uh, in his track back uh, in his recovery. He was participating in seven-on-sevens up until this point, but this is another very big step. I wouldn't expect to see him in, in preseason, definitely not in that first preseason game, but you know, the most important thing is that he's out 100% come week one.
1: Yeah. And, and it was just really nice to see him out there running stuff at full speed. And, you know, unfortunately it led to some sort of scuff routes right uh, there with, with Ritter where the timing, I mean, the timing was clearly off. Like, I mean, it, it, the, the ball was way behind. I mean, maybe Pitts. this is the first route he's run at full speed. So Ritter's used to try to hit him, you know, when he's sort of jogging out there in the drills. Um you know, I know some people were freaking out about that one rep that I filmed, you know, where the ball is behind Pitts. And Pitts had a decent chance to catch it because, I mean, he had toasted for Jalen Hawkins. Jalen Hawkins, honestly, having a very good camp. But um, Kyle Pitts is, is, you know, Kyle Pitts. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was great to see him out there. It was great to see him in the 11-on-11s as well. And just, you know, I, I think they've made it clear that they have a plan. They're, they're going to ramp him back up. And they're going to get him back to speed, you know, within a reasonable time frame. But they're also not really rushing him. Like, I think Arthur Smith said, like, look, if we had, if he had to play in two weeks, then maybe we would do things differently. But he doesn't. So we're going to go ahead and take it easier. We're going to be careful. And, and I think that's the right move. I don't think there's any reason to rush him out there uh, to get, you know, as much as I would love to get more Kyle Pitts one-on-one clips, you know, like, don't risk anything to to get me those clips you know we we can we'll survive without them we'll be okay um because you know thankfully there's been some other players that have given us some good clips that you mentioned as well and you know zach harrison being a big big winner obviously uh with his one-on-one rep and you know and it just matters more in full pads than what we've seen so far where there's not really been any contact and i mean zach harrison just absolutely demolished tyler babel like he almost didn't even get a chance to get set like like, he, he barely got into his pass set before. And it, it's the length, right? Like, Harrison's hands were on Vrabel so fast. Vrabel couldn't, you know. And, like, honestly, you know, there's a lot of stuff to this. But, like, you know, Harrison's hands were on him in an instant. And it was over. Uh, it
0: looked like a truck on that play. Like, he yeah. was just not going to be stopped. And I guarantee you the coaching staff was holding its breath. Like, when oh, my God. Made. It's like, oh, my God. Our quarterback just went down like legitimately i i don't think people are talking about it enough that that could have been really really bad like it's not it's not harrison's fault he's out there just like going out there and winning the rep decisively but like it could have legitimate like it could have been really bad
1: yes Thankfully it was not. Um, you know, Ritter was paying attention a little bit, <laughs> so he was like slightly prepared for that one. But uh yeah. Was, how about uh, uh,
0: how about Ryan Newsle? The newsflash, had a nice one yeah. against Timmy Horn on that one. Yeah, that, uh, that looked, on, a, looked like a little bit of a hug and hold, but you a know. little bit, but he's one on one with the
1: nose tackle. I mean, that's what you that's what you do if you're a center. All right. You're you're not expected to win that battle by yourself.
0: Against so the nose t- against the guy who could be the starting nose tackle. Honestly. Yeah, and that, like, that's Tim a good one Timmy yeah. Horn's running with the ones out there.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a topic we're going to get to as well. Now that Eddie Goldman is seemingly out of the picture for you know the the extended future, <laughs> but um yeah, the other guy from those one on ones was Matthew Bergeron, who stonewalled Taquan Graham, who we know is one of the more impressive second year players last year coming into camp, and he's also been you know ramping back up to full activity. I thought that was a good rep. You know, he he squared him up, and it you know. Taquan gave him everything he can handle and he got pushed back, but he, he, you know, kept him from getting to the quarterback and it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be effective. So I thought Bergeron did a good job there as well. Happy to, uh, to see him sort of rise to the challenge, you know, now that he's on the starting line and I don't know how you feel, on but I sort of think that, um, he's not likely to relinquish that job going forward. Uh, even though the, there is good news on Matt Hennessy that he is day to day at this point. So,
0: yeah, I, I'm th- it's still a very long way to go. Uh, we still need to see how they look in joint practices and in, against the Dolphins in the preseason. But this could be one of those situations where the door opened up for Matthew Bergeron. And you know, if I'm Matt Hennessy, I'm hoping to recover very quickly because as each day passes by, Matthew Bergeron sort of looks better and better, looks more comfortable, and enough time passes by Matt Hennessy may not get that opportunity to roll, roll with the ones anymore.
1: Right. So, you know, it, it, you know, you never, you never want injuries ever. Um, and I think Matt Hennessey, you know, I'm glad he's not seriously hurt because it's as you know, at worst, I think we know he's the primary interior backup at post center and, and guard. Is
0: gonna so... Hennessey is going to have a very important role because yeah, yeah, if yeah. you lose Hennessey for to a long-term injury, or if you lose anyone on the interior to a long term injury forcing Hennessy to step in as a starter, then yeah. you know, I don't I don't have much confidence in Atlanta's backup guards outside of Hennessy or any of their backup tackles right now. Like I do not have any confidence in this offensive line deck. And yeah. we better hope that this O line stays very healthy this year.
1: Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. So we're hoping for a quick and speedy return for, for Matt Hennessy when he's ready. I do want to get to a couple donations. We had a couple come in uh, over the last couple days that we've been off. And then we also had one come in just now from Duncan. So let's get first to uh, Zen M17's $70 donation, Ooh. Zen. Thank you so much, man. Uh, Zen pushed us over. So we officially hit our fundraising goal. Thank you so much, Zen, for that. Uh, he did not leave a question. So, Zen, if you're in the chat and you meant to leave a question, uh, throw that in there or just message it to me on discord and i'll, I'll make sure to get it next time um but thank you so much and really really appreciate that man thank you Then we had max underscore 15 underscore 27 nice name uh with the 10 euro donation on we are international hey uh, shout yeah. out
0: hey pro- probably one of our guys over in germany shout out uh, shout out to to Germany over. There. I mean it could be it could be any of the countries in the European see. Union but oh sending
1: know. love from Austria. So it's Austria. It's Austria. Yeah, so it's close. That's, 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 yeah. That was close. That was no, close. That was close. Yeah. No, they
0: speak German over
1: there. They do. Still is Austrian a language or
0: No, no, they speak I'm, I'm they really speak, ignorant. Yeah. They speak German over <laughs> Austria.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh he says sending love from Austria. Thanks man, really appreciate that. Appreciate you guys over there. Been an NFL and Falcons fan since 2015. Still this is the first off season that I am in, this invested and hyped for, which is almost solely thanks to stumbling upon your pod. Oh, thank you, man. Says, really? Thank you guys. Hyped cheer for our birds in London. Yeah. Yeah. Get to that game. I, that's for sir,
0: but um, yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the pod is international. Now we have yeah. our, our, our beloved and dedicated European listeners who, I mean, so it's, it's maybe a little late in Europe right now, but I'm pretty sure they're going to wake up tomorrow and listen to the pod uh, Watch the live show, however, however they do it. But yeah, shout out to our European, Australian, and international viewers. Yeah,
1: yeah. We also had Duncan Barshard with the ten dollars. Thank you so much, Duncan. Appreciate you, man. He says, "When are you boys shaving those beards into mustaches like Coach?" Thanks for the great content as always. Yeah, I don't know if I can pull off the mustache. I uh, I
0: definitely can't. Like my yeah mine doesn't come in
1: super thick my mustache honestly so
0: my mustache is too thin like yeah my mustache it 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 works with the rest of the beard but it's by itself it'll look too thin although here here, here's a deal that i can possibly contemplate making i'm not going to make the deal but if our if the mustaches become like a big thing with with the Falcons, and Arthur Blank keeps it for the entire year. If, if Arthur Blank shaves it, then you know he shaves it. Then no, nothing about it. If the team makes the playoffs, then I I could possibly propose a falcoholic thing where you know what we all try to rock the mustaches for for the playoffs.
1: The Ted Lasso, believe yeah, uh, the, the Ted thing. Lasso yeah, believe yeah.
0: mustache and, and just like keep <laughs> it throughout. However long the playoff run is, I feel like yeah. that that could be something that's that's very fun.
1: Yeah, I, I think I could probably get yeah if they make the playoffs. I think I could probably get down for something like that. So Falcons, you know, let's go make you know let's make the playoffs. Let's get this let's get this happening.
0: We can even um, maybe write a, a, a little article like uh, encouraging some of our readers to do so and to join us in that. So I mean, definitely, yeah, I'll, I'll pitch it to to Dave and Gina for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, we did a. I know we had a question in the chat. Um, from Falcons for Life G, what's up, man? Uh, he said, did you see any of the new players that were just signed today? Yeah, so I think they were all out there. Uh, Kamoko Tore I think, had a sack on Saturday in his first practice. He was out there today doing stuff. I haven't seen Justin Ellis much. I don't know if he might be with the third team. Um, unfortunately, I just don't have time to watch the third team. Um, and then um, yeah, Godwin Igwabrike, I think, is how you say it.
0: He was he was definitely with the third team. He, yeah. he, he had some runs out there a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was getting some carries. I mean, he wasn't like doing a lot. I mean, this is literally the first day that he was signed, so he wasn't doing like a ton, but um mm-hmm. he was definitely out there. So I think all those guys were, were out there for sure. Um Ray Moon asks, uh, did they score any touchdowns? Yes, there were touchdowns scored. I think the best pass of maybe the entire training camp was uh Logan Woodside throwing in between two defenders to hit Slade Bolden for that touchdown. That uh, was pretty sweet. Yeah.
0: I don't think he got into the end zone though in Fairness. I thought he
1: did. Yeah. I thought he I thought, he, I, he snuck I, in.
0: I think it was uh out of bounds. I mean he caught it in mm-hmm. bounds. but yeah. I think he was like inside the five. It was a Yeah. It yeah, was maybe. the it was the throw camp. Like yeah. without it was a great. doubt in my mm-hmm. mind. Because Logan Woodside threaded that needle in between I wanna say it was think it was Cornell Armstrong and one of the safeties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I, that. yeah, like, but I mean, he just like that—that that shit was right in the bread basket. Like both players converged and Slade Bolden also, absolute hell of a catch. Yeah, mm-hmm. a great play by Slade Bolden. Um, yeah. It was yeah, I think it was Cliff Chapman and Cornell Armstrong who were, mm-hmm. who were on deep. And I mean, there was nothing they could do. That was just a perfect throw and catch. So I mean, Logan Woodside has had some impressive plays this training mm-hmm. camp. Like he had, yeah, that touchdown pass to Zay Malone. Uh, I think it was on Friday, but I don't, I don't remember seeing like a legitimate touchdown today. Uh, I don't yeah. think he, I don't think he got in the end zone on that play.
1: There was, I think there were maybe a couple, but they only, they only did like a handful of red zone plays like at all. Um, that they, This was a shorter practice. I think Arthur Smith described it after they wrapped us like a, a ramp up day um, coming off the, the day off and, and getting into pads, you know, th- that it was sort of a ramp up day. So it's probably why there wasn't as much.
0: Hopefully you know, more pads stuff. tomorrow.
1: Yeah. I think we'll continue to get pads for a few days. They have like a limited number of padded practices they can do. So I think we'll probably get a couple in a row here. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think that the offense was mostly fine today. It wasn't as like explosive as Saturday. I think Saturday was definitely the best day so far, where they, I think they were all starting to get into their groove. You know, four days in after the after the off day, it was a little, a little rusty to open. It seemed like the, like the first team session was fairly rusty. But um, and this, you know, this is a good segue into the quarterback talk too. Um, I thought as practice went on, everybody got sharper, which is not. Which is not unusual, um. But I, I thought it's a little shaky to open, a little disappointing, and then I think you know it again. Wasn't really a lot of deep stuff, uh. And there just weren't a lot of attempts. Period. Like I said, it was kind of a shorter practice, um. So like you know I, I think the again like with Ritter in particular. I have no concerns about his ability to throw short or intermediate. I think he'll be on time. I think he'll be accurate. I think he can execute that level of the offense very well. And like, to be fair, that's probably going to be the bread and butter of what this offense is doing. But we know the other half of the off, you know, the other side of the passing game is they need to be able to get those deep shots going to at least some extent. And that is the most inconsistent part of the offense so far. It's really the only part I think that is inconsistent because think the run game has been good. The short and intermediate passing games have been good the The deep stuff has not come together and then you know today notably like i think River wasn't really connecting with Pitts, but like we said you know this is like their first team session together so i mean i'm not, I'm not concerned but you know it, at this point like i think you know and i think you're going to talk about it on so i'm not gonna steal your thunder but i think like we've seen what we need to see in the short and intermediate game like i'm satisfied with right. that but like yeah please continue correct
0: right. no you're you're completely right like you I have no doubts in Desmond Ritter at all in the short-term media game. I had no doubts in that coming into training camp this year. We saw what we needed to see from that at Cincinnati. We saw what we needed to see from that in the in those four games last year. We even saw what we needed to see from that in last year's training camp, where he was running with the twos and Mariota was with the ones. But I think beyond that, we need to see better on those on the deep passing game. And that's why Saturday was so promising. And Saturday was absolutely his best passing day by far uh, of this training camp. I want it. I'm going to sound like a big Desmond Ritter hater. And I'm not, I'm not. He like, has I, one I, good I,
1: practice on and you're going to bury him. You know?
0: No, no, I'm not talking <laughs> I'm about Saturday. Kidding. I'm talking about today. <laughs> I know. Like, please. I'm prefacing this. He had
1: They're about to clip it. They're hitting record right now.
0: Yes. <laughs> Ritter had a very solid day today like he was fine he was like you know a, a very solid yet unspectacular day today however you know his his stat line today is I, i'm seeing it flowing around twitter and you know our guy michael rothstein does a fantastic job with his post-game notes uh after every single practice i i go back and you know I, I read those as well. He does a fantastic job with his recording, or, or with his reporting. And after every practice, he references the quarterbacks. He references Ritter's uh, completions versus attempts. And he's been doing this. He did this last year with Mariota and Ritter as well. And today, if you read through it, I feel like it's it's lacking a bit of context. Even, even though, you know, what he says is completely correct. Ritter went eight for nine on his passes today, including five for five on seven on sevens, which, you know, sounds very good. It sounds amazing. And he described Ritter's get, uh, day as a very, very good day. I disagree that it was a very, very good day. And the reason for that is out of those eight completions that Desmond Ritter had, I'm not even exaggerating with you right now. Seven of them were on passes which traveled less than five yards from the line of scrimmage. Yeah like less than five area like it's not it's not even an exaggeration i tried to i tried to live tweet each of desmond ritter's passes on seven on sevens and eleven on elevens and on the seven on sevens i remember live tweeting each one and it was like all right first pass to drake london short pass or second pass slade bolden okay another short pass then pass to michael Pruitt, short pass okay again to london another short pass. like all five of those passes, and I even described it in my tweets, every one of them was a dink and dunk. Every one of them was a short pass. And the reason why I say solid yet unspectacular is he did have the the good pass to Drake London, which went, you know, a bit further than five yards. His only pass to him further than five yards in the red zone drill, um, where Drake London did a great job of shaking off uh, the cornerback. And uh, the cornerback was number 35, um, I'm.
1: Oh, Natron Brooks and yeah. Natron
0: Brooks and yeah, Natron yeah. Brooks. The play before had mm. this amazing like pass breakup as well. Like it, I think it was on. Uh, it may have been on Penny Hart, yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where he like had it in his hand, and Natron Brooks just got his like hand in there, broke it up. Very next play, London pretty much like burns Brooks because you know it's Drake London's a completely different sort of animal, and you know, burns him and he, and he catches it open at around the five yard line. Um, you know, I think it was 15 yards. I think you said it was 20 yards. It, it was in that little vicinity, but outside of that, that was the only pass that which Ritter completed uh, went further than five yards of air yards. Uh, the other pass that he tr- attempted that went a bit further was a poor pass to Kyle Pitts on 11 on 11s. And this was not, for the record, that pass that you recorded. Of, yeah, that
1: was not that. Yeah.
0: Of, like, being behind Kyle Pitts. And I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, that was the only pass where Ritter, like, where it fell incomplete. No, that was on one-on-ones. One-on-ones don't count toward these stats.
1: Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: but, you know, basically, he, he did miss Pitts on that one-on-one. And on that 11-on-11, it was a pretty poor pass to Pitts overall. Yeah. But, you know, the reason why I'm saying, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because context matters a lot. I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter and it feels like the pendulum, like swings every single day of the overreactions <laughs> for Desmond Ritter. It started with, all right, Ritter, if he doesn't like do great, if he throws that inter- those couple picks in game one, the sky is falling. Like, you know, he's terrible. Like, you know, he's a bust, whatever. But just as bad as that is, the other end of I'm seeing a lot of people taking these like massive victory laps of oh my god look at Desmond Ritter Ritter, eight for nine today he was amazing he was incredible he you know he's Peyton Manning out there I mean the thing is out of those completions I feel like every single one of those completions was one where had it fallen incomplete we would have been looking at each other like all right, like that was a terrible like breath that you completed. Like there's no way you can like, there's no way you can not complete that. And personally, and again, I'm sounding like sounding like a hater here. I'm not meaning to. Again, he he had a very solid practice. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't as good as Saturday. I think Heineke had a better day than him today. Even though Heineke did not complete as many passes, because I think Heineke had two or three deep passes in eleven on elevens and seven-on-sevens where you could like see the zip those were very decisive deep passes where you know it hit the wide receiver right in the chest and it was I think to Mac Hollins on a very impressive rep and the other one to JJ Orsega Whiteside and you know hey JJ you know welcome to training camp this is the first day where we're really calling his name and he had a couple of really good reps he had that the deep pass from Heineke that I just mentioned, he had a, a really good one-on-one rep and, you know, JJ Orsega Sega Whiteside is sort of announcing his presence in that wide receiver five battle, but the quarterbacks today, you know, solid overall, there were no interceptions first day of camp where there was not a single interception. We're remaining a four. Um, I think this is now four days in five days in five yeah, minutes, yep. mm-hmm. four interceptions, but yeah, Ritter, I would just uh, I would just pump the brakes a little bit if you're on Twitter celebrating the eight for nine passing day because literally out of those eight seven were three yard checkdowns,
1: yeah. and and it, you know what we're what we're always trying to do is give you guys you know accurate information as much as we can, like give you the right context, like not just give you a clip, you know, because you you don't need us to have this show. Like you could just read my Twitter timeline, watch a couple of the clips that get blasted out. Shout out to everyone for, you know, making clips go viral. Like, I appreciate that. But it doesn't give you the full context of the practice. You know, like, I tweet out that Kyle Pitts, you know, one-on-one where, you know, Ritter misses him. And everyone's like, oh, Ritter had a terrible day. I was like, no, that's not true. But then you see, oh, well, he was like, you know, 7 of 9 or whatever it was. Or 7 of 10 or 7, you know, know, almost perfect. and, And is very sharp. And it's like, you know, like, that's great. Like, but we should expect that. Um, especially when it's mostly short to intermediate stuff. And, you know, and some of those intermediate throws are not easy necessarily. I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's, it's super easy to hit 15 yards. It's not in the NFL, especially when it's a team session. But for us, I think it's, it's like, we know what Ritter can do. We know that the short to intermediate stuff, he's actually really good at. And like, Maybe that's all he has to do at a high level for this offense to function, but I think that we're looking for a little bit more, right? I mean, this offense will never be great unless they can get a quarterback that can hit the deep ball with some regularity. It doesn't have to be elite, but it needs to be something they can lean upon where taking a deep shot isn't a wasted play like it was with Mariota, and teams could just start stacking the box. And, you know, to the Falcons' credit, they still managed to run the ball against that, but it, it, it... you have to be able to punish teams for, for stacking the box or you become too one-dimensional and, you know, you guys understand. Uh, you, you know how this works. If you, if you listen to this great program, you know, you would know all about how this stuff works. Um, So, you know, that that's sort of where we're at. And we don't, we're don't we not trying to bury Ritter. I think we've praised him and tried to keep people from getting too negative on him because I think he's gotten a lot of unfairly negative press. And now that he's starting to have some better days, I think we're trying to couch that a little bit like, you know, he's he's improving. And and it's sharp, you know, for the most part. But, like, now we're looking for another level, if we can. Um, and maybe... And it, if, if he doesn't get there, maybe it's okay. But I, I think we need to see the deep stuff come along, you know. And maybe it takes all of camp. It wouldn't shock me if it does before it gets consistently good. But, you know, we're we're just looking... We're just looking for it, right? We're, yeah, we're looking I, for improvement. Yeah.
0: And that's exactly what it is. I mean... Again, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, Desmond Ruder had a very bad day. I would, I would grade him out as a solid C-plus, B e minus range today, like a very solid, acceptable, acceptable day. But, again, like you were saying, the same way that we were telling you guys, all right, pump the brakes on the hate, pump the brakes on the whole, oh, the sky is falling, we're saying now pump the brakes on the whole Desmond Ruder is the savior because – you know, he's not the savior based on what we saw today.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: If, if you gave Logan Woodside every one of the passes that Desmond Ritter had today, he would have also gone 8 for 9. <laughs> Quite like,
1: possibly, yeah. I mean, right. and that's also like praise of, of Logan Woodside and Taylor Heineke, who I think have shown that they're perfectly capable. You know, in Heineke's case, I don't think at this stage it looks like there's a massive drop-off from Ritter to Heineke which is which is a compliment to Heineke. I, I, I know um, someone asked if I thought Heineke's had a better camp than Ritter so far. I think up until Saturday, I probably would have said yes, but I think Ritter was legitimately more impressive on Saturday, and I think that gives him the slight edge. But I do think Heineke's had a good camp. So, like, I think both of those guys are good. And, like, Woodside, he's going against the threes most of the time, so keep that in context, but I think he's also had a good camp. So, I mean, I think all three of these guys are are doing enough that you're not concerned but, you know, we haven't seen consistently impressive practices either. I think we're we're in the stage now where it's not been bad since the first two days of camp, which is great. <laughs> but we've only had one really good day. So I you'd like to have more really good days than bad days. And right now we've had sort of two bad days, two sort of averagey days and then one really nice day. So I'd like to see more of those really nice days, too, as as the week goes on.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think I'm right there with you, I think. I think Saturday, Ritter definitely had a better practice outside of, if you take Saturday away, I, I think Heineke has been more impressive, but at the same time, you know, Taylor Heineke is also a veteran, you know, he came into the NFL as a guy who has had, what, I think he had all, around 50 starts, or in, in his career, he's had like close to 50 starts, um, I mean, that's actually really intriguing, I'm going to... I'm going to look it up. But Taylor Heineke is a very, very capable backup, A more than a capable backup. And I'm sorry, it wasn't 50 starts. He's had 33 games played, 25, yeah. played, which is still a, a very – of games
1: in the NFL, yeah.
0: I mean, he started 15 games in 2021. He started nine games last year. He's, he's the reason they decided to go ahead and bench Carson Wentz, who they invested a lot of draft capital in trading for, but I I am sort of relieved that this team has Taylor Heineke because, again, Desmond Ritter, we hope that he goes out there and he just lights it up and that he has this amazing performance and that he's absolutely spectacular. But if he's not, if he really struggles to the point where he's holding this offense back, I have no doubt in my mind that Taylor Heineke can lead this team to the playoffs. I have no doubt in my mind that you can put Heine- that if you put Heineke out there from week one on throughout the entire season. I think this team, at the very least, wins nine games.
1: Yeah, I I think Heineke's better than Mariota. Um, he's much more. He's not. I mean, no, n- none of the guys on this roster are as good of a runner as Mariota. But you could just see, and honestly, it's not even a talent thing with Mariota. I I think we all know Mariota. I mean, number two overall pick, extremely talented player. It's all mental for him and and it's sad to see because I I think he had the talent to to make it in this league but
0: he's a number 2 overall pick, He was a Heisman one.
1: Yeah. So I mean it's multi like clearly insanely talented guy, but it's the mental stuff and and we've seen from Heineke that he's not necessarily consistent, but he is a risk taker and I think he honestly fits this this offense better than Mario did because I think Arthur Smith would have preferred a guy that would have, you know, unleashed the dragon a little bit more uh, and, and went for some of those deep shots that could have been the difference in games. And even if it, you know, now and I think the other thing is now that the Falcons have what should be a decent defense, I think you're you're hoping for a little bit more aggressiveness and a little bit more risk because you've got a defense you can fall back on. Like if you're at the 50 and it's fourth and one, you know, maybe you go for it. You know, maybe you start taking more deep shots because if, if it doesn't connect or, you know, you you get an interception off that, then you're, you're confident in your defense being able to make a stop. Whereas before it was like, mm, I don't know about that. So, um, yeah, I,
0: and I'm I really, I do think that, uh, what Arthur Smith really values with Ritter is that he's not going to turn it over much.
1: Yeah. 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 That's a big part of it.
0: He's going, I mean, we saw it four games last year. He didn't have a single interception, which I think is a very promising thing. But I, I genuinely think that Arthur Smith is completely fine with, you know, developing Desmond Ritter into a sort of a game manager. And I feel like people use the term, use that in a very negative term in the NFL, I, where, you know, just having a guy that goes out there, that takes care of the football, that runs your offense the way that you need it to be run, and that makes uh, a few plays here and there. Um, especially toward, toward the end, we saw Ritter did have some clutch plays last year, especially, I mean, all that game against the saints, the fourth and five, where he hits Drake London in stride. That was a ballsy play in new Orleans. And I mean, we remember how it ended Drake London.
1: <laughs> Jesus that's Christ, That's
0: not Ritter's fault.
1: No, no. And that's the thing that people forget is like, there were like Ritter. I thought you could tell he was limited, especially the first few starts, but he was like I and I I try to tell this to people that I don't think it's a coincidence that he had his best day in front of a huge crowd that was raucous and high expectations and all this stuff and the pressures on to show out in front of these fans and you know you've had sort of a middling camp so you need to really put on a show I don't think it's a coincidence that he had his best practice in that environment because I, I think he's just one of those guys that's a gamer you know he it's like they play their best when the stakes are high and, and that's a great trait to have, but it, it's hard to quantify it and it's hard to show it, especially in practice. Um, and like, it's not better than being a, a good player, but it is something that's nice to have. So I, I certainly hope that we can harness that. But I mean, you look even to his preseason starts and you saw that play to, to Jerry Bernhardt, you know, that was famous, right? I As mean, the play in mean, the preseason yeah. and it's great, you know, and they win a preseason game off it and, Honestly, should have probably won that Saint, you know, that Saints game off of the throw to Drake London, and you know, Drake London makes makes a rare mistake, right? Um, and I think these guys have all learned from that, you know.
0: All right, in fairness, it wasn't Drake Drake London's mistakes weren't too rare last season. Well, you know, you know, hopefully this year it'll be a lot more rare.
1: I'm speaking it into existence, on on that it's going to be more rare. So you know, going positivity. Remember
0: the Chargers game, the fumble inside the five. We remember the Ravens game, but you know. I think I think London has owned it, and I think he's really coming into the season with a, a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And, uh, and no
1: gloves. Please. He and Matt Collins are no gloves, so you know that that's how you find the true the true wide receivers. They don't that's, need the gloves.
0: It's kind of gross for Matt Collins, that he, <laughs> yeah, he he's
1: eating with those hands. Yeah. Well, if he doesn't use utensils, why would he use gloves either? I mean, I feel well, like those are just utensils for the football, right? So.
0: Frank Frank Darby said in the uh, interview afterwards that. Yeah, Matt Collins is the leader in that receiver room that he's the one that's you know, he has the group chat popping up. He's the one that's that's um planning out all the wide receiver excursions and that yeah, at every <laughs> restaurant he's barefoot and eats with his hands.
1: God, I just he's such a character, man. He's gonna be hilarious. I'm so I'm so glad he's in the building because he's just I Hilarious.
0: just wish I just wish they would give us more more interviews with the need. Yeah. But my best tweet of training camp was uh <laughs> was his quotes.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely honestly, I think if Desmond Ritter just in general develops into a league average sort of game manager where you know you're not like thinking about him as a top ten guy in the NFL, but you know, someone like um Someone like what Alex Smith was uh, for a few years there in San Francisco and then eventually Kansas City I think that's a big win because you're talking about a guy you got in the third round and I mean I, I don't I don't think that Ritter's ceiling is as a as a bona fide top 10 Pro Bowl quarterback year in and year I mean it could be maybe I'm just completely wrong I would love to be wrong and you know I would love for Ritter to be a top five quarterback in the NFL but you know, I would definitely take him developing into a very solid and steady quarterback that sort of, you know, doesn't cost you games.
1: Yeah, and that, that would be all, this, all that this team right needs right now. And I think you could argue that the pursuit of that quarterback and the necessity for it for a lot of offenses, particularly offenses that are predicated on three wide, passing heavy, You know, that sort of thing. Like, it's a necessity to have an elite passer. Or you can't compete because you will just not... They won't be able to do it consistently enough for you to to win. And I think there's something to be said for, like, getting those guys is the hardest thing to do in the NFL. Like, finding those elite passers, particularly on rookie deals, where you don't have to give up, like, enough resources to build an entire roster, essentially. In the case of, like, you know... You look at, like, you know, how much... Lamar Jackson is going to make over his contract or Justin Herbert or all, you know, these guys or the number of picks you'd have to give up to get some of these guys. Like, you could build an entire roster with that cap space that you're paying those guys. Um, Not that it's, and, and they're worth it. You know, that's the thing too. But like, maybe there is something to be said for building an offense that doesn't require that level of quarterback and making it work with a cheaper option. You know, maybe Ritter becomes a, you know, top 15 to top 10 level quarterback. He's, he's someone that's good, but not really considered to be one of the greats. And when he goes up for his contract, he gets like 25 million, you know, and and, you know, that, that sounds like a lot, but it's like compared to Herbert and these guys getting 50 plus, maybe that 25 million on two, you know, one elite starter or a couple of other good players. Maybe that's the difference between you contending or not. And maybe, the offense is constructed in such a way where Ritter operates at a, at a level that, you know, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, great example. Like that was a top three offense <laughs> with Ryan Tannehill they, because he didn't have to do a lot. And people will be like, Oh, well they didn't win in the playoffs. And it's like, that was it Ryan Tannehill's fault. I mean, I, I mean, there was a lot that went wrong. I mean, I wouldn't say didn't, that it
0: was Tannehill wasn't really winning them those games. It was like, no, no. yeah, like less than a hundred yards in one of those. Yeah.
1: Games. Yeah. That was a weird, that was a weird game. And like, you know, but, He's a weird quarterback too, but
0: (laughs) I will say, I think the savvy thing, and I, I hope that they have this mentality and that they have this approach in, in the front office is, you know, let's develop Desmond Ritter for this season. And, you know, hopefully he'll be, he'll be there next season as well as this very, you know, solid, good, like solid to acceptable quarterback. And, in the meantime, let's let's still search and try to find that sort of star quarterback, whether that be through, you know, an opportunity to maybe trade up in a draft or, you know, having an opportunity to maybe trade for one on, on uh, in the trade market if one gets too disgruntled because – and then in, in that scenario, you sort of – will be able to trade Desmond Ritter for, you know, maybe even a high second rounder, maybe a low first rounder because even game manager quarterbacks are very valuable. Um, I mean, you saw Matt, I mean, Matthew Safford wasn't a game manager, but he was very, he was like pretty old a few years ago and he went for what a first rounder and Jared Goff, who is a very acceptable quarterback for, for the yeah. Lions and he was what in his mid thirties. But, uh, it's the same approach that the Kansas City Chiefs had where a few where they had Alex Smith who was a very who was a perfectly acceptable quarterback, a very solid quarterback. And again, I would love for Ritter to develop into what Alex Smith was over there. And, you know, they they did realize that with Alex Smith, you'll maybe win a playoff game, but you're never really going to get over that hump. So they really struck when the opportunity was there and they made a big trade up. Uh, they drafted Patrick Mahomes in in the, what was it, the 2017 NFL draft. They traded Alex Smith for a, a good package from Washington. And, you know, they loaded up and they had a, that team around and the coaching staff around Patrick Mahomes to really make him successful as a star quarterback. Now, I'm not saying, oh, you're going to find the next Patrick Mahomes, but I am saying, you know, don't sort of, don't sort of box yourself into a quarterback who's just acceptable the the same way that the giants have with Daniel Jones. Uh, I, I would love to be on the lookout even, even through these years, just always be on that lookout for that next star quarterback, because I think that is the ultimate cheat code in the NFL and the most important thing you can have in the NFL where, you know, a quarterback that can elevate the rest of your team. Um, I don't know. I I don't, I don't really like the idea of, all right, you have Ritter and he develops into a game manager and then you pay him 25 to 30 million. And then, you know, all of a sudden you have a a team that's not as strong as this one around him. And then it's possibly worse because your quarterback can't elevate the rest of those guys and you're paying the quarterback and, you know, just, you just fall into that giant sort of situation.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and I wonder if, I mean, I don't think, I know, you know, Nico, you mentioned, it. it's like, oh, well, look at what Daniel Jones got. And you're, you're absolutely right. Like I, I, you know, we'll have to see, I'm not going to say at this stage that Ritter's not worth 40 million. I mean, he's not worth 40 million today, obviously. And, you know, three, in three years or whatever, when they have to consider paying him or tagging him or whatever, then maybe he would be, I don't know. um But yeah, I mean, that's the other part of this to remember is that they have, Ritter under team control for, for three seasons still, and the option to tag before it gets absurdly high. Um, so they have time to evaluate. And, and you know, there's a lot of options going forward when you have a quarterback like Ritter on a rookie contract. You can ride it out with him. And if he's not this elite quarterback, it's fine because he's not costing you much either. So you don't really feel like you're getting messed up with that. Until um, is the thing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they have leeway to do that, and, like, they do have, for what it's worth, uh, the patience of an ownership in Arthur Blank, who is not, I think, learned his lesson that he's not trying to go out here and force something to happen. Um, because I think that's what led to the issues with, with Quinn and Dimitrov, is that they, I think they hit their Super Bowl too early, Maybe it's an unpopular take. I mean, obviously, if they had won it, then you know, no harm. Like, clearly, they were capable of winning that Super Bowl. So, Um, but I, I feel like they they hit it a little bit too early, and like the the team wasn't necessarily set up for success. And then they started to to make all these moves to go all in before getting all the chips lined up, and it collapsed really fast as a result. And and part of that, you know, part of that had to do with a lot of things like Kyle Shanahan leaving and a lot of people getting hurt in 2018 and that sort of thing. So like, it's not simple, but. I think the way they built it this time is that it's set up for much more sustained success uh, because of how they've fixed their cap situation. Even this year where they went out and handed out almost, I mean, maybe more money than any other team of free agency to all these different free agents and all this stuff. They've got more money next year. <laughs> like they've got even more lined up. Uh, they've got so much room. They have a lot of guys on one year deal, so they could potentially start raking in comp picks if they chose to go that route. Like, They're set up to potentially be much healthier financially and within the draft than any of the years under Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn, where they were sort of constantly battling all these big contracts and and restructuring and all this stuff. So I think uh, this year is really important for Desmond Ritter if he wants to be the long-term starter. I think he has to show enough this season and probably lead this team to the playoffs, or they're going to be looking for something else next year. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he gets replaced going into 2024, but, you know, I, I think all, all options are on the table. If a, if a veteran they really like comes available, maybe they make that move. If if there's a guy they love at the top of the draft and they think they can go up and get him, then maybe they make that move. Or maybe, if they're picking in the 20s or whatever, you get one of these high-ceiling developmental guys, you bring him in for a couple of years and see if you can if you can develop him, and then, if he ends up looking better than Ritter by the time Ritter's contract comes up for renewal, then you you make a change then. But they have they have ultimate flexibility still. Obviously, the best case scenario is Ritter turns into a franchise quarterback. But it's too early to tell with that. I mean, I don't think I think you and I are both pretty confident on that he won't be bad. But other but than that, be, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, other than that, I don't know. Yeah,
0: you won't be the guy that like you put your entire franchise behind, and that's that's what not I'm... This not this year. Not this year. Almost
1: almost certainly not this year. But, I mean, I, I... Like, athletically, he's an elite athlete. So, like, he's got that feather in his cap. If he learns how to run, gets more comfortable with that aspect of his game, he could become a much more dangerous dual threat. The arm strength is never going to be his best strength. I still think his arm is perfectly fine. I don't know that it's elite. I mean, it's nowhere... It's nowhere close to elite, but, like, it's not... I don't think his arm strength is a problem. It's not that he can't get the ball down there. I mean, half the time he's overthrowing guys. So like really arm strength is super overrated for quarterbacks. I mean,
0: Um, my um, thing is for, unless we really see him go out there and blow, blow the doors off the NFL this year and just become that pro bowl type player. I, even if we make the playoffs with him, I would still, and and, you know, we make the playoffs with the writer being like, you know, in that game manager role. I would still want to, you know, keep my eyes peeled and, you know, assess all the options at the quarterback position moving forward. Like, for example, like even doing, you know, again, I, the Chiefs' perfect example where, you know, they they traded up for Mahomes and they still started Alex Smith the next year while yeah. Mahomes developed. And, I mean, let's say just as pure hypothetical situation, you know, the Falcons win nine, ten games. Um, Make the playoffs uh you know, pro like you know, maybe get frisky, maybe win a, a playoff game. that'll be exciting. Um, but they pick twenty two, twenty three, and let's say someone like a Drake may, if you're really invested if, if you and I, I'm not saying, oh, Drake May is gonna be a star, but let's say Drake May falls, and you know he falls to pick seven, eight, ten, whatever. And the Falcons are convinced that Drake May is the guy. Like Arthur Smith, they scout him and, you know, he is the guy. And this is just a name I'm using. I'm saying I would absolutely want to invest the capital, trade up for him. And then, you know, maybe not even you don't even have to start him the next year. You can still roll with Ritter the next year. And then you still after that, you have Drake May for, for three years as hopefully the next guy that can really like take you to that next level. And then you can trade Desmond Ritter will hopefully be pretty valuable and recoup like a first rounder at the very least.
1: Yeah. And and we'll have to see, we'll have to see how it plays out. But you know, I think pretty much all options are on the table. I mean, I'm not concerned that Ritter is going to tank this offense. I know some people are, and you know, good luck changing their minds. (laughs) Don't bother.
0: (laughs) I I don't think he's (laughs) going to tank the offense either, but at the same time, I also don't know if he'll ever be good enough to really bring you to that super bowl which is the yeah. ultimate goal at the end of the day yes
1: of course um and like baby steps right like i think we'd all be satisfied with a competent team that makes the playoffs and wins a playoff game like i think that's the goal this year like if we're being honest with ourselves not being homers which is fine if you're a homer no no shame i'm just saying um you know winning a playoff game this year i think is the goal like that would be i would be very happy with that outcome Um, not right after we lose the ensuing playoff game. I wouldn't be happy, but like, you know, you look back at what they've done and they get that playoff win this year. I think you're probably pretty, pretty, like pretty significantly happy. Like, okay, we've taken a a big step. We got this team a a playoff win under their belt. We got some experience. We got two playoff games for this roster. Now we're ready to do damage next year. And maybe the decision is to go get a more established or higher upside quarterback. Maybe the decision is like, Ritter's good enough. Let's maximize this roster while he's on the rookie contract. And we've seen that work out for the Seahawks. We've seen that work out for teams too. So you do, you have options. And I think that's really the best thing that we've got going right now is if you can't have a star like Mahomes, Herbert, whatever, um, then the next best thing is to have flexibility to go get that star or to build around a rookie quarterback that might be good enough and and we're still way for uh we're still way far away from having those answers, but it, it's it's fun, it's gonna be a fascinating season while we figure that out. Um
0: and I mean god damn it. I'm I'm never gonna shake this, this this label narrative like off of me but he's I he's the
1: redder hater now. I'm not a Ritter his true colors his true colors have come out. Get him,
0: Get this him. Is as bad as when you guys tried to take me as a Matt Ryan hater. I
1: knew it. We always knew you were a Matt Ryan
0: hater like uh, I just like started a snowball conversation for like twenty, thirty minutes about like, you know, how we should still look for the next quarterback and how Ritter probably isn't like the franchise guy. But yeah, I mean I'll I I, I deserve it. I, I deserve that one. I mean yep. for for the record I think we'll be fine this year. Yes.
1: We made that clear, but yeah.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> I knew
1: Adnan was bluffing. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yep. Yeah, it was all it was all a far... trick. Elaborate elaborate hooks.
0: let's just keep our eyes eyes peeled on on every single opportunity
1: yes all right we got a couple more donations coming in thank you guys so much rds with the 11 dollars Thank you so much, man. He says, since the Austrians came out the woodwork, I can't sit back. Greetings from Germany. So we do get a German. on. I did know there
0: was a German representation. (laughs) Greetings
1: from Germany. Thanks for the coverage. Watching your stuff usually on the next day. Artie is one of the OGs. Uh, Thank you so much, Artie. Appreciate you so much, man. Um, We also got Corey, another OG with the $5. Thank you so much, Corey. He says, so does B. John Robinson walk out onto the practice field or does he hover down every day from the heavens like a football angel? I'm hearing he is the next LaDainian Tomlinson. I mean, on if, non, if, you
0: uh, to read, yeah. if you were to read what, you know, some of us are saying about him, you would think that, you know, B. John Robinson just teleports on, onto the onto the field and he teleports away from defenders. But yeah, no, he's, he's very impressive. He looks he absolutely looks more than looks the part out there
1: yeah especially as a receiver where i think i think we thought that that would be something that they would try to do um but i i think the amount of passes he's caught is just i mean it's striking like he's caught a lot of passes like a lot um and part of that's like when you're when you're not in pads you're not gonna like slam the run game when you're not in pads it's like okay we're what are we really learning here like what are we really doing here now that there's pads i'll probably see more runs and he had a great impressive run today too but i think it's also like we know that he's a great running back we know he's a great runner not really any question to that part of his game they probably got that stuff down like in otas um now it's like let's get him the route tree let's get him practiced let's get him coached up and then we'll just see how, how big of a role he has in the passing game. And I, I think it's probably going to be bigger than people even even think. Like, even people that are optimistic about his chances. Um, you know, this is... I, I think he's going to be closer to Debo Samuel than people want to admit. Um, in terms of his passing game volume. Now, he's going to get a lot more carries than Debo did. Um, and, like, I don't think he'll have as big of a passing game role as Debo. But I think if you, like, flip it around... You know, it'll be, I think he'll, he's, I mean, we talked about this in the pre-draft, like if you look at their athletic profiles, they're basically exactly the same. I think Bijan's like slightly faster, but they're basically exactly the same, like same size, same athletic testing for the most part, a couple of things. Each one has slight advantages, but you know, I, it wouldn't shock me at all. Like Bijan having a Debo Samuel role um, or close to it, like you, you don't actually need him to just smash the line of scrimmage because you have Tyler Algier. Like, especially late in games. Yeah. And you got Corporal Patterson. Yeah. Like, you got those guys. You don't need Bijan taking, like, 20 carries. and It's going to piss off the fantasy heads, which, by the way, guys, Arthur Smith finds hilarious. So, like, he may do it just for fun, like, just to mess with fantasy people. Oh, so, God. you've been warned. Yeah. You've been warned.
0: Guys, I... and. I, I'm saying this because I hope nobody in my fantasy league is, is watching. I, I think there's one person in, in my league that, like, watches this, but hopefully not. Um, I would absolutely steer clear of Robinson in the first round of my fantasy draft. I mean, like, just because Tyler Algier is just not going anywhere. Like, I would – I mean, yeah, you can do whatever you want, like, in your fantasy league, but if I had a top five pick, I, I'm not – Touching Bijan Robinson like with that top five pick, this this will be a bit of a commit. This will be, I think, more of a committee than what some fantasy analysts are are bracing for and expecting. Like I saw, I think NBC Sports had the Russian projections and they projected Bijan Robinson to you know win the Russian title this year and. I, I will. He's
1: certainly capable, I mean. <laughs> I will
0: absolutely bet you that he is not going to finish the lead, finish with the most rushing yards in the NFL this year. He, um, could,
1: have, he could have a shot at the all-purpose yardage title, though. Uh, it, that would shot. I think, like, if you're, if you're in full PPR, I would say Bijan's probably still worth the first round pick. If you're not in full PPR, I would probably. No, no, no. I
0: mean, yardage. like, you're back half of the first round. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm not saying, I'm saying I not take him off. I'm saying I would not take him in the top I that's, wouldn't. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't take him over Jefferson. I wouldn't take him over Chase. I wouldn't take him over Saquon. I wouldn't take him over Chubb. Like uh, I'm, I'm taking Nick Chubb over him. I'm taking CMC. I'm taking Eklund over him.
1: I'm, I'm still taking Bijan over Chubb in in PPR and non PPR. Absolutely, Chubb all day. But um, it's interesting though because I, I, think you could make an argument for any of those guys. Yeah. Certainly, and, um, and
0: I do think that the the scoring settings matter. But if it's like. Half PPR is standard. I, I'm taking Chubb and Derek Henry over him any day. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it, yeah, PPR is yeah, PPR is a bit different. I I personally am not a fan. Of-
1: yeah, I think you don't like PPR. I, yeah. I like PPR. You're gonna have to play it in the Patron League. So yeah, the only last thing to get it. over it. Maybe I should uh, let you commission your own, and then you can set the rules however you want.
0: <laughs> look, I'm just saying, like you it can is. Go play so, with, it you is go play so in your dinosaur league that are running back. <laughs> catches the ball three yards behind the line of scrimmage and he gets 0. 0.7 points. Like a, a zero yard catch should not count for a point, but you know, that's, you know, we, we can have a full like rant or save that you know? for the
1: fantasy pod. Yeah. save that for the fantasy pod next off season. But no, I, I just like more points, more points. I think is always better, but, um, and
0: I, I do think this is something that, I mean, everyone says we agree on everything, but this is something, Yeah, we, we don't agree, agree on this. That's like true. I despise yeah. PPR and I despise super flex. And oh yeah, yeah. You're board. just
1: wrong about superflex. Superflex, no. is, superflex is necessary. Yeah, not because I mean it doesn't make sense from like a game standpoint, but like you know, like you if you court- don't do superflex, then quarterback is meaningless. So
0: no, I disagree on that. <laughs> I mean, like quarterback, like there's Unless you a, have Patrick Mahomes,
1: it's meaningless. Yeah, there's
0: a big difference. Like quarterbacks, especially in the, in the last oh. few years, have sort of the top tier has sort of set themselves apart. Like if you had Mahomes, Hertz, or Allen last year, you had a firm advantage over someone who didn't have those guys. Yep.
1: Same for, yeah. yeah, for the fantasy pod. Yeah. Uh, Same for the fantasy pod. I mean, yes. this
0: is this this has literally devolved into a PPR versus Yes. Yes. PPR. And this Corey, was an
1: exciting Corey, practice, guys. We're over an hour, so you know, we're this is just extra content
0: now. But but, Corey, you're yeah. completely correct, by the way. Corey <laughs> Carter is in the chat supporting my my stand my name this will be our next our first
1: crossfire right we'll just do you know ppr versus non-ppr uh Bijan top five versus not you know it's 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 all good but uh guys thank you so much yeah appreciate you all uh appreciate you for hanging out with us all 150 of you that are still here for the ppr versus non-ppr conversation um yeah, we'll yeah. be back bright and early tomorrow, yeah, we guys. To the uh,
0: Falcons anymore, and there's still 140 people in Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, I mean, it's an it's an interesting conversation. Certainly, yeah. there's a lot of fantasy guys on here too. Um, I've been considering doing auction. Corey it does sound fun. I'd like to try it at some point, and we're considering doing like a falcoholic dynasty league with like the staff. Um, so we may do that at some point too, and give you guys updates on who's crushing it. Um, uh,
0: maybe. Or- Maybe we can compromise on that one and do that one as half PPR.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm if it's like a dynasty league, like, I'm willing to you know have a conversation to keep everybody in. You know, at that point.
0: Um I mean, for the record, I I am a dynasty. Like in my in my home league, we play straight standard, like <laughs> straight up standard. Like you get bonus yeah. points for long touchdowns. You know, there's there's. I like many- that yeah it's like 40 yard touchdown it's an extra point 50 yards it's an extra three points quarterback like throws for mm-hmm. 300 yards it's an extra point a receiver, mm-hmm. if a receiver running back it's 100 yards then it's an extra point point. 200 it's an extra two points because that's that's a bit tougher but yeah i should
1: give you like eight points for that that happens so rarely you should get like a giant boost no yeah, it's like
0: um, so there's a little like yardage boost a little like yeah, yeah. boost but
1: that's fine i i don't have a problem with any of those things um but uh, no, guys, we we do appreciate you guys hanging out uh with us here on day five. We'll be back for day six tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a little bit less hot because it was it was damn hot today. I doubt it. Like I yeah, have... I doubt it though. You're, you're right. Yes,
0: it's, it's, it's still like oh my god. Mm-hmm. It's it's
1: brutal out there, but we'll we brave the heat so you don't have to. Yeah, it's gonna um be,
0: it's gonna be very not cloudy tomorrow too. Just for yeah. the day. and it's... yeah.
1: But you bring, you've been bringing your hat, so that helps. Maybe you should consider the long sleeves. I don't know.
0: No, I'm, I'm not doing. Well. Uh, even though, like, I'm getting a nice tan now. Though, like, I, I've noticed, like, I I'm I'm getting a little darker out there.
1: <laughs> not so pale anymore. Yeah, like I mean, I'm still very pale. Yeah.
0: Like you can see the difference of like how pale it is here, and like it gets like a little darker, like right yep. here. Yep. Yep. And I
1: mean, Showing off the guns. Nice. Nice. I mean,
0: hey, <laughs> maybe we'll have a nice weight room competition with the. Yeah, there you go.
1: I'll definitely people. lose that. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, mean, I, I like my chances on that one. I, uh, I think I can hit two twenty five at a at a very respectable, like range. I, I think I can hit two twenty five a little more than uh than what McCaffrey hit on his combine day.
1: Okay. Okay. Got, got Mr. Lifter over here. You could tell, I'm sure if you guys have watched you know, the show before you see those guns, sometimes he shows up in the uh, in the sleeveless. You really get the gun show. But uh, yeah, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. Um, if you still want to donate, we did hit our goal. So thank you guys all so much. Uh, obviously, if you still want to donate, it's still open. We'll keep it going through the end of camp. Um, that is uh, com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. Uh, if you want to support the show otherwise going forward, you can check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com falcoholiclive Live if you want to take part in those Patreon Fantasy Leagues or get access to those exclusive Patreon Q&As, which we will have one soon. I realize we didn't do one in July uh, because of training camp being crazy, um, but we will do one probably in the next, like, week uh, to catch up. So uh, we'll be doing that. So you can check that out. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. And before we take off, want to thank co-host Adnan Ikic. At say which way, Adnan, anything you'd like to plug?
0: Um, yeah, our continued Falcons news and notes. Uh today's just published, uh, right before the show dropped, or right before the show started. We'll have another one tomorrow, another one Wednesday. Um I think Will will have will be tagging in for us on Friday. And then I'll be back at it on Saturday and i'll be doing that one on saturday um but also now that we'll find that we'll finally have like a little bit of time on thursday and friday i'll try to finally finish my falcons franchise players article that i have just completely been neglecting because of training camp coverage
1: it is what it is you know sometimes you come down here and it takes up all your time we do a lot of work you know here on, on for you guys but it, it... It's fun work, you know, but it's still work. Uh, but, so, you know, it, it's good. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys for able to make it happen. Thank you guys so much. Um, yeah. Guys, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Like Adnan said, check out our notes from today if you want a little bit more detail on specific things. I think we covered pretty much everything in those notes, but there's always some other stuff that we don't we don't hit. Corey reminds us, Ritter is two years younger than Stiquavius Bennett. So, uh, we got, uh, you know, we got that to... As a a nice reminder, people forget, right? (laughs) But guys, thank you. Um, You can follow the show at Falcoholic Live. uh, If you're interested, check out our community Discord server. Uh, If you want to chat with your fellow Falcons fans, there's always stuff going on in there. Uh, The link to that is in the show description as well. And we'll be back uh, after practice on Tuesday with Daniel Flick for a live podcast recording uh, at Flowery Branch. So looking forward to that as well. Um, But yeah, guys, uh, thank you so much. For tuning in, we will see you next time on the Falcoholic Live. Until then, have a great night, folks. Appreciate you.